Nerds, dweebs, dorks, not born, but made. Nerds were once ridiculed, mocked, wedgied. Undeterred, nerds have persevered to take over the mainstream, defining popular culture. This is the story of one such nerd blazing his own middle-aged trail. And now he is determined to pass along his knowledge to the next generation. For this is... Hello! Welcome to Indoctrination, where we aim to discover if a 40-something dad can convince his children that the nerdy stuff he loves is cool. I'm your host, Tom Walworth, and welcome to my journey to paternal relevance, or irrelevance. First up in this episode is Vendetta. First aired October 5th, 1992. It's the 23rd on the collection, but number 21 in the airing order. It was written by Michael Reeves, with story editing by Martin Pascoe. And here are a few voice cast highlights. One of the major players in this episode is going to be Detective Harvey Bullock, which is voiced by Robert Costanzo. And I looked at his pictures and I thought, oh, I know that guy. And then I realized that he just looks like another guy that I know from a different place. So he just has one of those faces, I suppose. Best known for things like Die Hard 2 and Total Recall and Saturday Night Fever. Apparently also City Slickers, if you believe IMDb and they're known for algorithm. Next, we have Aaron Kincaid, who voiced Killer Croc and Spider Conway, two very different characters. Aaron Kincaid's main claim to fame is doing the voice of Skylinks in various Transformers projects. And the last character I want to highlight is Rupert Thorne, a character that we've seen many times in the first 20 episodes. He's voiced by John Vernon, who is a character actor that has been in so many things, Dirty Harry, Airplane 2, the sequel... Pinky, Elmira, and the Brain. In the Incredible Hulk cartoon, he played General Ross. But his probably most famous turn is as the Dean in National Lampoon's Animal House. Double secret probation. And with that, let's check in with the kids. So we just finished watching the episode Vendetta. Before we talk about what happened in the episode, do either of you know what a vendetta is? No. What if I said, do you know what revenge is? Yes. 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 Yes, we do know what, what revenge is. So in this episode, who did we meet for the first time? Killer Croc. Do you remember anything about Killer Croc? Well, he wasn't uh, Oh, wait. It's a new episode. Hey, let's change our names. What do you want to be called this time? Make it one that I can remember. Palkia. Palkia? Palkia. Palkia. Palkia is a mythical Pokemon that has an origin form. Has a what? Has It has an origin form, as well as Dialga. Okay, Palkia for the oldest, and what do you want to be called, youngest? I want to be called Arceus. Arceus? Yes. The god of Pokemon. Arceus, I was going to ask you what you know about Killer Croc. Or did you know anything about Killer Croc before we watched this episode? That he could swim. This is not actually about him, but something that's not like a crocodile. He is not the right color. He wasn't the right color to be a crocodile? Yeah, he's. Maybe white he's or blue. an albino human like 
crocodile, and I'll and I'll bite him. Maybe so. He so is. what happens in this episode for us to meet Killer Croc? Um, he kidnaps two people, and then Killer, and then okay, you bleh. wow, you're just jumping all over the place, aren't you? Let's run through the plot real quick. Um, someone was in a police boat being taken to jail, but I don't think he's being taken to jail. He was arrested. He was being taken from jail to testify. He was being taken. From jail to be testified? To, no, no, not to be testified. To testify. Testify is a thing that you do. To in testify? Court. Do you know what that means? No. Okay. So when in court, do you know what court is? Yeah, I know what court is. Okay, so in court, what they do is they bring in a witness, someone who saw what happened, and they ask them questions, and that person gives testimony. They give their version of the story. So that means that they're going to testify. So he was in prison for something, and he was going to get part of his sentence reduced. He wouldn't. He was going to spend 10 less years in, in, jail. The, uh, in jail because he was helping out putting someone else in jail. What can you tell me about Spider Conway in the, um, as, as far as we know in the, in the episode? He's in the boat, and what? He says anything could happen. Why do you say that? Because... Anything that could happen would be bad. Okay, so he's nervous about something. What happens after he's getting all nervous? Someone puts a bomb on the boat. Is it someone who's in the boat or something else? Someone who's in the water. And so when the police officers see the bomb, what do they do? They see an abandoned ship. Everybody jumps off. And then what do we see from the dock? A big old explosion. Who was on the dock overseeing this prison transfer? Harvey Bullock and Commissioner Gordon. Gordon and Bullock, they order all the usual things like forensics and getting people to, to work on the crime scene. Who else is at the docks and jumps into action? Batman. What does Batman do to try to figure out what was going on? He gets on his bat boat and goes to the um, uh, dock. Dock where? The police. No, at the... Jail. The jail. When he gets out to the dock at the jail, what does he find? Yeah, a toothpick. Who does he think the toothpick belongs to? Harvey Bullock. Right, the detective Bullock. Because the other doc, he flicks a toothpick into the water right before he leaves. Batman's getting suspicious. And um, he goes back to the police station. And what is happening at the police station? An argument. The argument is because Bullock has been taken off the case. Why was he taken off the case? Because he might find ancient... I forget... <laughs> Ancient ugly history. Right, because who was the guy who was going to be giving testimony? Who was he working for? Rupert Thorne. I'm trying to remember. We've run into Rupert Thorne a lot. In Two-Face Part 1 and 2. Also, I think we ran into Rupert Thorne in the... Oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the episode now. I was just editing it the other day. The one where the other bad guy has a brother who's a priest who lost his leg at the train station. Remember that one? And his son was in rehab for a drug problem. Is any of that ringing a bell? No. Mm -mm. Oh, well. You guys gave it a really high rating, so I guess it must not have been that, that memorable. At any rate, we're well aware of Rupert Thorne. Bullock's kicked off the case because of Thorne and Batman goes in and steals Bullock's file to figure out what... Block H. Bullock H. Bullock H. Bullock H. H. That's what the file said. Bullock H, because Harvey is his name. What do we find in that file? Does anyone wait, remember? Wait, you're skipping something. No, I'm not. Bullock comes in the room. Oh, yeah. Bullock comes in the room and realizes that his file is gone. 
Yeah. When Batman goes to read the file, what's in it? What did he discover? That Bullock took money from Rupert Thorne two years ago. That's the rumor. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why Batman thinks that Bullock is responsible for these guys going missing. Meanwhile, in a cave, who do we see? Spider Conway. And he was just sitting there in the cave. Someone had given him a mask so he could breathe underwater. And someone comes out of the water and Spider recognizes him. He's very scared. The guy, he was, he was a um, uh, he was a wrestler. Getting ahead of us. Now, the next thing is, Harvey Bullock shows up at the police station and he's dripping wet. And he said, I want to see him. And the guy says, let me see if you have the, if you have the authorization. And he's like, I'm not waiting for that. And he just knocks the guy out. And that's when we discover that this Harvey Bullock has a gray, scaly arm. So he's probably not really Harvey Bullock. And he takes this guy named Joey, and he disappears. And because he was dressed as Bullock, everyone thinks that Bullock did it. And so they... Arrest him. They arrest Bullock. So Batman is looking for all the clues. When he was at the restaurant. When he was at the restaurant. But Bullock usually doesn't have his face covered with dark shadows. Right. So Batman is on the case. He goes back to the water where the ship accident happened, and what does he find? A scale. He finds a scale. He researches it, and while it looks like it could be a lizard scale, it also has parts of a... Human. That's right. So... <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to remember. So how does Batman figure out who's responsible? He researches on the scale and figures out it has a crocodile-like scale structure by human enzyme. Mm. Oh, that's a very fancy word. And what does Alfred say that gets him to realize that it's like a crocodile? Bullcrock. Well, no. Bullcrock? No, no. He says that his dinner is in a microwavable crock, like a crock pot. A crock pot? Alfred, you're the best! So Batman realizes that crocodiles will often have underwater entrances to their... To their dens. To their dens. Batman uses the bat boat, and he goes underwater, and he finds an entrance, and he goes in, and who does he find? Jimmy and Spider. Spider Conway. It was... I don't... Wasn't, I think it was Joey. Joey and Spider. Joey and Spider. Conway. Right. And so what happens with Batman and Killer Croc? A fight. fight. And Killer Croc talks about Crocs. Well, he fights, too. And the guys try to get away. Batman... Ties him up. He swims away because he knows he can't beat Croc. Yes, one thing. He grabs Jimmy? Is that his name? Joey. Joey and Spider. Spider Conway. And then he ties them up. And brings them on the back. I'm sorry. It's just that you. every time you say Spider now, you say Spider Conway. Like, Spider. Spider Conway. Are you going to name all the spiders in our house Spider Conway? No. <laughs> I did. There's a logic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Batman captures the guys and takes them to the police, and Killer Croc goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. What does Batman find out about this Killer Croc guy? He used to do it as an act at a circus, but then he went into a wrestling career and, and became a pro wrestler. And then he became a hacker wrestler. A hacker? A hacker. That means he wins every battle. Okay. And when did he decide to be a criminal? When he moved to Gotham and he found out that some people actually, I don't know, are bad and go into a criminal race. Hmm. Bullock has been cleared. Yeah. Cleared of his name. He, they cleared his name, so he's no longer in trouble. As he gets into his car, what can you tell me about Spider Conway? Killer as Croc. far as we know, Killer Croc 
gets in the car and he explains to Bullock why he did all of it. Does either of you remember why he did all this stuff to set Bullock up? So he could sweat in a prison cell just like he did. He reaches for Bullock and then what happens? Batman. Bat- Batman mysteriously grabs his arm and then there's a fight going on in the car. Yeah, because and... Batman was waiting in the car for some reason. I don't wonder and if Bullock knew. While they were driving, Bullock lost control of the car and crashed. And, and he, then and then Croc got away into the sewers. One thing. And then Batman went after him. What's the one thing over there? He touches Bullock when he looks like he's hurt. The two fingers. Oh, he checks his pulse. Which I think is weird that he would bother to check the pulse because Bullock groaned right before he checked his pulse. Batman makes sure that Bullock isn't dead. Then he goes after Killer Croc and they get in a fight. Somehow Batman, I don't know why he would get in a fight knowing that he would probably lose. How did he end up winning the fight? He puts on some red glass, goes onto his eyes, and he throws out a disc that lights up, and it stuns Croc. Doesn't he, like, shoot something that pins Croc to the wall? No, no, no. That, no, just no, give, no that's when he's underwater. Oh. Okay. okay, so then when he was done shaking his head with his hands on his eyes, he we then see that were his eyes. And his eyes are blurry. And just when his eyes were good, um, Batman ran and kicked him on the face. And then he goes underwater. And then Croc goes up out of another place and tackles him underwater. Then well, he shoots him. And then he ties one of the things around one of his wrists and puts the harpoon back in, shoots it. Oh. And, and that's how it gets pinned to the wall. Okay. And then Croc just tries to get out of it. But it ends up just falling down on him. So Croc, trying to get away, basically pulls the whole structure down on top of both of them. Somehow, in all of this, Batman does not get knocked out, but Killer Croc gets knocked out, so he drags him out of the sewer. And what is waiting for Batman? Who's waiting for them? Um, who's waiting for who? Batman and Killer Croc out on the street. Bullock. So Bullock is there, and he takes all the guys back to jail. Mm Mm-hmm. Including Killer Croc. Yeah. And the last thing we see is Bullock on the TV. And he said, Bullock is back and he's ready to kick some butt. Let's talk about the things that were awesome about this episode. One awesome thing. Uh, We get to see one girl. What does the one girl do? Puts a microphone in front of Bullock's mouth. Oh, okay. So they have a female reporter. There are also some female police officers. Yeah. At the docks. What was your favorite part? My favorite part was all the fighting. It's always all the fighting. Is there a particular part of the fight that you liked more than the others? I would rate the fighting five stars out. One one to 15 stars, I would give it a 16. Okay, but we should use batarangs because isn't that what we use here? Okay, what is there a part of the episode that you thought you didn't like? 15 star batarang. Um, a part of the fighting that was... Batman kicking Killer Croc. You didn't. You did not like that. I did not like any of the fighting. So you didn't like the fighting. What didn't you like? I didn't like all the talking. Like just, just, just the humor of it. I don't know when, if there was really any jokes, but there was a lot, a lot of the detective work. Yeah, that's what I don't like. Detective work. Okay, well he is the world's greatest detective, so you're gonna have to deal with that part. What I really liked about this one, and I don't normally do this, but I am talking less and less 
doing my own little bits um, where I rate the show. But I thought it was one of the visually interesting episodes. I think we we skipped the part where Batman grabs Thorn and tries to get him to talk. Yeah, we did. Um, there's a shot where Batman's face takes up the whole screen, and it's just, I don't know, he seems more angry in this one than I've seen in a while. And the way he handles Thorn was a little unexpected. Yeah. I kind of liked that we got a little different side of Batman. If I said anything I don't like, maybe if it had been more engaging, I wouldn't have fallen asleep and stopped paying attention. Okay, so let's rate it. Let's talk about why we would yeah. get people to yeah. go see it. So what do you think? I would tell you a lot about what would happen if you wanted revenge on someone that you really don't like. So do you think that revenge is a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. Bad yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And how many batarangs out of, let's say, five, but we know that's not going to happen? Two, six, seven, eight, one, three, zero, eight. Billion. That's a lot of billions. Uh, what would you tell people about this episode? If someone be, is being mean to you, never give revenge. It can get worse. What would you rate this episode? One. Oh, just one? <laughs> yes. Not a big fan of this episode? Yes. A lot of episodes out there you like better than this one? Yeah. All right. Well, the second half of our episode will happen after our ads, or no ads, and we will be watching... Prophecy of Doom? Yeah, 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 yeah. Prophecy of Doom. Prophecy of Doom. I have no idea what this is about. I don't remember. So I'm going to be very excited to watch this with you because it's all new to me. Me too. Before I jump in and talk about the next episode, I wanted to touch base with all y'all. I know that there's a part at the end of the episode where I'm saying a bunch of stuff really quickly and I kind of gloss over something that I want to bring to your attention. For the very few of you who are listening right now, I want to invite you to be a part of the show. If you can send me a really cool, strange non sequitur for me to share at the end of the show, you could be the one listener that I'm talking to. The easiest way to do that is to send an email to indoorctonation at gmail.com. And if you happen to be following us on Twitter, at indoorctonation, I'm sure there's a way you could contact me that way. But Twitter is a strange place to be, and I'm barely doing anything on the Twitter account. Our next episode, Prophecy of Doom, was brought to us by the creative team of Dennis Marks and Sean Catherine Derrick. Dennis Marks is a prolific writer for comic-related Dennis Marks is a pro Dennis Marks is a prolific writer of cartoon series including Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The Transformers. Sean Catherick Derrick is known for Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures, the more recent one, and The Smurfs alongside Batman the Animated Series. Our notable voice cast starts with William Winden 
as the very gullible industrialist. He was in To Kill a Mockingbird in 1962, but is probably best known to me as Dr. Seth Hazlitt from Murder, She Wrote. Aaron Kincaid, who we heard in the previous episode, is returning as the henchman Lucas. As the industrialist's daughter, we have Heather Locklear, who is best known as an actress in Melrose Place and for being married to Motley Crue's Tommy Lee and Bon Jovi's Richie Sambora. And finally, we have Michael DeBar, whose main claim to fame in my heart is being Murdoch in the original MacGyver series. Prophecy of Doom was aired on the 6th of October in 1992, and it is the 19th episode in the collection, but the 22nd in airing order. Now, please enjoy the thoughts of the children. So we just finished watching... Prophecy of of Doom. So before we started watching, I asked you what a prophecy was. A prophecy is something that can happen, or could happen, like, at any time. Like the prophecy of the Green Ninja and, like, a Ninjago. I can't remember. Was it before we went on vacation? Yeah, it was before we went on vacation that we did Vendetta. So it's been almost two weeks, and I had forgotten their names. So we'll just review. Palkia. And? Arceus. So Palkia and Arceus. Palkia just gave us the definition of a prophecy, something Mm -hmm. that someone says to predict the future. So Arceus, what is doom? Something really bad. Technically death. Well, it could be lots of things. Yeah. It could be scary. Yes, it can. You can get hurt. Which is sort of what this episode is all about. So let's get ourselves as quickly through the recap of the episode as possible and see if there's things we want to talk about as we go. So how does it start, Arceus? Well, it starts with a cruise. A cruise and... There was a bomb, and it blew up. What kind of cruise was it? A gambling cruise. What did you say when the when the bomb went off? Um, kablam. Well, yeah. You compared it to another ship. Uh, the Titanic. Titanic. Yes, the Titanic. Yeah, because it literally looked like the Titanic. It has a similar type of look. Now, where have you seen the Titanic? Books. I've seen it in books. Yeah, I've seen it in books. How about you, uh, Arceus? <coughs> Have you seen the the Titanic? In... No. Wow. Have never. You, you've never you've never seen a picture of the Titanic. But one time, I saw it in Lego, and one time, I saw it with these like fuzzy creatures. Fuzzy creatures on the Titanic? No, they were like they used to be fuzzy, but it had a white face and white hands and white feet. Okay. And they died. Okay, so does it look like everyone gets off the boat safely? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. except for some people. Well, we don't know for sure. You think so? At least ten. At least one. I saw at least four lifeboats in the water at the end. And I saw, like, maybe... Maybe they had, like, fifteen in them. I think it probably had, like, like, fifty people. Wait, yeah. 40. Well, 40. a boat that size, it definitely needed more than four lifeboats. But regardless, you know, they have an animation budget. They can't draw every single person who has gone that big old ship. 
but there was at least one person who didn't survive. Okay, you say that, but I didn't see that. I I'll have to believe yeah, you. Me neither. Me neither. I saw like guy crawling down a yeah. rope, and there was nothing below him. I thought there was a boat below him. There wasn't. <laughs> okay. Well, there wasn't. Was but I think he was a really good swimmer. I, I hope think he so. was a really good swimmer. So, careful listeners, why don't you go be careful watchers and see if everyone survived as they got off the boat. Next thing we see, we're on dry land, and who is in the scene having dinner? Bruce. Bruce Wayne. Wayne. A.K.A. Batman. Right, Bruce Wayne. And who else? Um, Eric and his daughter. Close. I think his name was Ethan. Yeah, Ethan and his daughter. Ethan something something. Ethan, blah, 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 blah. Something. Let's call him Ethan, and then his daughter's name was Lisa. Can I tell you what, what he said? Sure. He said Nostromus saved his life by telling him not to go on that thing. Correct. Mm-hmm. How many other different things did he say that Nostromo told him not to put his money into? I don't know. More than three or four things, right? Yeah. Maybe like five. It doesn't really matter what they were. Just Maybe that... an earthquake. Maybe. Well, he just said, he's like, you know, and this thing, and this thing, and this thing. And so there's all these things that he is feeling very, I'm going to use a big word. Are you ready? Here's a big word. He feels indebted to Nostromos. What does indebted mean? Um, Connected? No. Well, if you're indebted to someone, you are connected to them. But if you're indebted, means you are in debt. Do you know what a debt is? No. Yeah. I, I know what a debt is. What I is don't that? know what it is. Basically, you pay money for something. I don't know. Right. Okay, let's say, here's an example of debt. So you remember when we were at the store, Mm -hmm. and you had been given a gift card, Mm -hmm. and you ran out of money, but you still Mm -hmm. wanted to buy something. And what did I tell you? If I gave you $7. Well, I was going to pay for the rest, which Mm -hmm. happened to be $7. Yes. You were in debt to me. I gave you yeah. something and then you paid me back. So Estromos gave him some told him something. Ethan. Yeah. And Ethan gave him some money. Sort of. So Lisa is talking to Bruce as they're leaving the restaurant and she says something like she, she has a secret brotherhood. Right. But she also thinks that Nostromos might be making all these accidents happen. Yeah. In order in order to build this trust with her dad and all these other rich people. But let's talk about this brotherhood. He doesn't tell anyone in his family. Right, he keeps everything secret. I was thinking the same thing. Because like, they, they clearly show us a bomb from the very beginning. So someone put the bomb there. And there was only one person that was pretty close to a real liar. I'm trying to remember. I guess there's some sort of meeting. It's not the whole brotherhood, but Bruce is invited to come to something where Nostromos is there, right? He says something, and they say, one says nothing, and the other says, shh. Right. Well, he's he's asking lots of questions, Bruce is, and they think he's being rude for talking. And so Nostromos makes a prophecy, mm-hmm. right? Paul, yeah. yeah, what was the prophecy? What did he say was going to happen? That someone was going to die. Did yeah. he say die or just they were, they were in grave he danger? Said, he said in grave someone danger. Someone is in grave danger. Well, I guess grave danger means you're in danger of dying because it's talking yeah. about and the he, grave. And then he points at him. Points at Bruce, yeah. And then his hands start shaking and then the glass breaks. Right. Afterward, in the Batcave, 
Bruce is talking to Alfred, and we get this little moment where Bruce makes fun of the whole thing when Alfred asks him how the glass broke, and he said something like psychic perception, or what did he say? Um, psychic perception? Or basically, he was making fun of the idea that Nostromos could feel the vibrations and make the glass break, but he thought it was probably some sort of what? Something that could vibrate. A ton of things. Like a sonic disruptor or something? Yes, sonic disruptor. So he does some research on Nostromos. What does he find on the Bat computer? He was a actor? Correct. And he had only been booked for one crime, which was called petty larceny, which is a little bit of stealing. And what else did we find out? He has a friend. Correct. That was arrested for something. Yes, but what, what does he do? Special effects person. So they're both from the theater. One who does tech and one does the acting. Coming up next is a big action scene. Do you remember what happens in the action scene? No. This is with the elevator? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes to his personal elevator and he wants to go to the 21st floor. 21st floor, yeah. And... And then he just gets hijacked. And then, what's his name? Lucas. Lucas. Lucas is the special effects guy that works with Nostromos. And Lucas has a bottle of acid thing. He pours it on the rope and it's like, I see like holes and then I don't see anything but just some green. Right, okay, so there's a big, very strong and thick metal wire that supports the elevator. Yeah. And, and so he pours acid that cuts through that. And a... Right, and starts going <laughs> down the elevator shaft. But first, before that, he puts, like, a wrench. Oh, does he? Um, like, a metal tool into the, like, moving metal right. thing. Right. I think I was looking at my phone the writing motor? something down. And the then... Mo- the motor? Sure. And motor. then it stops. And then he pours the acid through the metal thing. Ah, uh, gotcha. And then it falls. Then it falls. Okay, so oh, what happens God. while it's falling? Um, Fuck yeah. Let's see. Bruce changes into Batman. And he slingshots up and finds the masked guy and nearly stops him. Okay, let's pause for a second. Now, when we actually watched the show, I literally paused the show at this point. Because he goes into the elevator dressed as Bruce Wayne, right? And you're like, what the... And then he shoots out of the elevator in the Batman outfit. And like... I have two questions, and I want you to see if you, what you think the answer is. One, does he always wear the outfit underneath his regular clothes? I think... I think so. If so, where does he keep the cape? Um, Probably in his pocket. Or does he keep the costume in his private elevator? Mm. Either way, how did he have time to change out of his regular clothes and into the bat outfit? Magical. Now, now, now that's a mystery. That, that is, is a real mystery. Magical. He's magical. Is he magical? I have a friend. You met our friend that lives across the street from Grandma and Grandpa? Mm-hmm. No. The one with the dogs and the beard. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. He would say that Batman could do that because it's in the script. Oh. Just because they wanted it to happen. Because it looks cool. They'd like, don't worry about it making sense. That's just what we want the story to, to say. All that happens, they go to the roof. He chases Lucas, who is wearing a mask. 
And he throws, like, injured thing. Batman throws a batarang, and it hits Lucas in the knee. And what does Lucas throw? A vial of acid. And it hits the bar. And he causes a big bunch of steam to erupt out of a pipe, and Batman loses Wait, you're skipping tonight. It's not that important. When he, like, gets to the bar, and then he, like, tries to hit him, and he hits him, and... Well, okay, let me put it... Can I, sorry for interrupting, but can I suggest something? What? When there's a fight scene, maybe we don't need to talk about every single element of the fight. It's not super important that he had the pipe, and then he had the thing, and then he threw the acid, right? It's a fight. He gets away. Maybe next time we'll have a blow-by-blow with Arceus. So, he gets away. Mm -hmm. And the next scene we see Lucas and Nostromos talking. And that's when we discover that Nostromos is... That troublemaker. I was going to say bald. Because he's got this really cool look, right? Widow's Peak, the front, so like it's a triangle and it comes back and it's sort of wavy hair. But it's just a wig. And remember that he only has, like, four hair? Yeah, he's five? Got, he's, I think it's funny that when he's not wearing the wig, he has a comb over. But as soon as he puts the wig on, those comb over hairs just disappear. But that's not really important. Let's get back to what was going on in the scene. Uh, they're talking about how they put in... Oh, that's not... Well, that's later. Oh, no, he's complaining to Lucas about how he didn't kill Bruce Wayne. And he's like, how? I didn't know Batman was going to be there. And Nostromo says, Bruce Wayne's death would have softened them up and they would have given us all this money. Okay. Can I tell you one thing? Yes. You remember when we see the bandage on his knee? On his knee? Yes. Is that all you wanted to say? Yes. He had a bandage on his knee from getting attacked, hit with a batarang. So, that's when Bruce and Ethan show up. And what does Bruce say? Um, Bruce has seen the light. He's seen the light. Now, we know that Bruce is Batman and he's just pretending, but do you think he did a good job of pretending to be scared for his life? Or do you think it was overly dramatic and fake? I actually felt like he was like, I almost got killed. Did you think that Bruce Wayne was a good actor? Yes, he was really good. So Ethan says that Bruce should join the Brotherhood. Who thinks that is a terrible idea? Um... Arceus knows, I think. Ethan's daughter. Lisa. Cut to... Um, a secret meeting about the fall. The great fall, yes. And what happens there? We see him fly. They're at a planetarium, right? And he's talking about the great fall, and he's has all these videos of all the horrible things that are going to happen during the great fall. And then he flies, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's flying. And but... one woman like is like, I don't think I can even... What? I can't... What? Exactly. But when he comes back, what do we see on Nostromo's back? Um, a, um, uh, a winch. Yeah, a harness. Yeah. But who came to visit the planetarium? Ethan's uh, daughter. Lisa. And what happens to Lisa? She, she gets, gets captured, chap, she, captured by Lucas. She gets captured by Lucas. And she gets tied up to a planet. And what's its name? Oh, Mars? Mars. Yeah. That happens like the next day. But yes, we'll get there. So after this big event, Bruce gives how much money? $10 million. $10 million. But the interesting thing is he has a conversation with Ethan. I think on the way there, 
the previous night about what happens with the money. And apparently, the only way that Nostromos can get the money is if Ethan signs it over. So Ethan has the power of, I don't know, power of attorney or whatever the term is. That sets us up for, hey, the one person who can sign over the rights to the money, we happen to have captured his daughter. Yes. So the next day, Nostromos is telling him, we must meet. And what do they say at the meeting? We must sign this paper. What would the signing the paper turn the money into? Gold. Gold. And that's when we see Lisa tied to Mars. And wait, wait, remember? He gets tape on his mouth and he gets tied up to the chair. There you go. And Lisa is also tied up and has her mouth taped over. But while they're talking, Nostromos suddenly flies in the air, which I think is really weird. Do you know why I think it's weird? We know who's making him fly, right? Yeah. Who is it? Lucas. Lucas. No, Lucas was already down there. It was Batman running the controls. My question is, why the heck would Nostromos have had himself tied into the rig if all he was going to do was just threaten Ethan? Tied into the what? The wire that goes into the harness on the back of his costume that made him fly up the first time? Yeah. For some reason, he's doing this whole thing, and he's threatening Ethan by having, see, your daughter, we're going to crush her, blah, 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 because there's the rings of Saturn that could chop her in half or something. I don't know. If you were going to try to extort somebody out of all their money, would you have yourself tied into a theater flying rig? I wouldn't. Nope. Nope. The only way I would threaten them is to take away their most precious belonging. All I would do is this. What's that? All I would... Probably money or something that they really love. Guess guess what I would take away from them? I would take away their cars. Right. Well, that's an interesting question. Let's pause there for a second. If someone was threatening you... What do you think they would use to get you to do what they want? What would they take away? Um, video games for like three days. Wait. Mm. <laughs> is, that, is that all I have to do to get you to clean your room? Take away video games for three days? Exactly. I will remember that. How about you, Arceus? They would have to take away my whole family. Yeah. I can see. I can see where your priorities are. She's like, three days. oh my gosh, if they took away my family, and you're like. Video games. I like her answer Video better. Video games. Video games. Okay. Video games. Well, aside from my family, I would probably be very, very sad if my cello were to be destroyed. Okay, he goes flying around, and they go chase him. They go up to the control room and they're like, oh, he's not there. Blah, 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 blah. Batman and Lucas start fighting and like and the light lit around the lights and stuff. Yeah. What does Nostromos do? He's like, what? He, he turns um he turns up the orbital thing and then he smashes the controls with a wrench. What does that make the planets and the orbital design, whatever that thing's called? Spin around. Spin around and do what? And um, go crash. around like crazy and destroy all the other planets because of Saturn. Well, and... not just Saturn, but they're all crashing into each other, right? And Batman and Lucas have a fight in a planet. Yeah, they fall into a planet and they fight in the planet. How did they fall in and how is it true? Strong enough to hold both of them. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. If it was weak enough to, for them to fall through it, you'd think the whole thing would have fallen down. Oh, right? Isn't that yeah. weird? Yeah. Okay, this is a great conversation. You guys are awesome. I I, I, I think it's probably made out of a five-inch thick clear glass that's painted. Well, they should have been way more cut up than that. 
Okay, so Batman takes care of Lucas by throwing him off and the thing. How does he take care of Nostromos? Literally takes off planet Earth, um, blocking the doorway, and then he then it rolls down onto Nostromos. Excellent. Why? What do you mean why? Why does it roll down? It's like well, because it's flat. at the t- it's at the top. No, I know it looked flat, but when the place where the globe lands was at the back of the theater, and it rolls down because most theaters they don't just go flat because if they did, no one would be able to see the stage. They go up. Anyway, so it rolls down, it knocks him out, knocks his wig off. So Batman's swinging around on this cable that's meant for planet Earth, and what does he do? He saves Lisa. Right. Cuts By, her... yeah, cuts the rope off just in time before she gets cut in Right, be- Right before Saturn comes in and ruins everything. Yeah. Right, and then the next thing, there's a newspaper front page that says, you know, the guy's been arrested. Wait, wait, wait. He should have, like, kicked the Saturn thing off he should have he, batman should have kicked saturn or just like okay. cut the cut the Why? thing off of saturn interesting yeah because okay. saturn will kill everyone he would have had more time if he had just jumped to saturn and then <laughs> undone that and let saturn fall and then cut off the ropes really quick oh well, yeah yeah but then he would have all this time because the worst planet with the rings that could cut you in half would have already been taken care of right yeah that's why it's so dramatic Batman saving everyone except dealing, except for dealing with the problem first. Wait, wait, say that. What? Saving the people from the problem first. Before do, take, before doing what? Before taking care of the problem. What problem? Wait, what, what's the problem? Like bad guys or someone trying to cut someone in half. Okay, so there were so there's a few elements. There's two bad guys, and then there's the two people who are in trouble. One who's a little bit more trouble than the other, right? Lisa is in more trouble than Ethan. Yeah, because she's going to get cut. Yeah, so she's spinning around. She's probably very, very, uh, very dizzy. She's probably going to be, like, very delicate. Possibly. Are you saying that Batman saved people in the wrong order? Yeah. So he should have saved Lisa first and then taken care of Nostromo and Lucas? No. No, I meant, like, what's going to hurt someone? That is what I meant. So he should have taken care of Lisa first because she was in the most danger. No. He should have... Wait. No, no, no. The, he should the... have taken care of the planet close to Lisa and then cut off the upside as he was thinking. Okay, so you're saying he should have saved Lisa but not in the way that he saved Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. Should have done it differently, the same way your sister said. Yeah. Okay. So in the very end, Bruce says, as the bard said, the fault is not in the stars, but in ourselves. Do you know who the bard is? No. No. The bard is referring to William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare? Have you ever heard that name? No. no. Never. Have you heard of Romeo and Juliet? No. Well, I would, I'm, Never. I'm glad you haven't heard of Romeo and Juliet. Um, well, he is a playwright from England from a long time ago that some people really love and some people really think he's not that awesome. And some people think he didn't even write the plays that he's given credit for writing. At some point, you are going to run into Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Yeah, probably. After all that, let's talk about our favorite parts and our least favorite part. So what do you want to talk about first? The good things or the bad things? Good things. Okay, what's the good things? That the good people get saved and the bad people are finished. Okay. Do you have anything anything different for the good things? Um, 
things you like the best? Bad guys get caught, and probably Batman saving everyone, and probably every single fight. Like he loves. Things. He okay, loves well, I want to let's talk about the fights for just a second. So there are basically two fights. There's the fight with Lucas on the roof, and there's the fight at the planetarium. How do you feel about the fact that Batman lost the first fight? Um, kind, kind of sad. Um, like, I feel really like. Sad. Okay, but I'm so like, why? I thought he would have done better against that guy. Yeah. But maybe Lucas is really good fighter and a really good special effects guy. Maybe okay, so that's so you you liked the fights and the fact that Batman won, and you liked the fact that the good people were saved and the bad people were put away. Now let's talk about the things that we didn't like. I didn't like the fact that he actually had no hair. Oh. Yeah. You didn't like the fact that Nostromos didn't have hair. Like, Why did that bother you? It just bothered me. I just like. Do you think that kind of haircut looks weird? Yeah. Well, you wait long enough, I might end up with hair like that. So, if I do, I promise not to have the comb over. I just shave my head, and I'll have a very ugly head. <laughs> what didn't you like? I didn't like basically what my brother said. His but, hair? But, yeah, yeah. Why are you guys focused on his hair? <laughs> it just looks so weird. What I didn't like was the fact that these people who have all this money, they got to be pretty smart to have this much money, you'd think. I mean, it's one thing, like, some people are, like, born rich, but they still have to be smart enough to keep the money. Yes? Like, not... Don't spend a lot. Like, only spend, like, some to get some food or, like, something for your children that they could play with. I suppose. Or just make something with wood. Well, here's my thing, Arceus, is like, when I see this Nostromos character doing all these things, I immediately think, this guy is a con man. He is not, he is a liar. He's not on the up and up. But all these supposedly smart people, now I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who think that rich people aren't smart, but I will say these people who should be smarter than this Mm -hmm. are so easily taken in. So that's what bothered me the most. But talking about the fights, I was saying as we watched it, the fight, the planetarium, that is a fight that I want to see in a live action Batman. Yeah, it was like, I really want to see this in a live action movie. I can't wait. Wait, one time, one time I actually seen live action Batman, but he didn't like, he was like hopping. Oh, Oh, the Batusi one? The, okay, from in the Lego Batman movie? Yeah, when he's yeah. like, boing, boing, boing. I will show you a couple episodes of that when I can find... It's somewhere that we can find. Okay. Okay, so we'll just we'll boil it down to... Remember, where we now we talk about Batarangs and what you would tell your friends as the reason to watch this show. Now, you got to go first last time, so let's go you, with you first. Okay. Batarangs. Three billion five hundred seventy-six million. Okay, I'm gonna give you a good number. I think five think... is a great number, but if you want to give me a weirder number, you can give me a weirder number. I'm gonna number. give you twenty. Wait, what? <laughs> twenty. <That's> weird. <laughs> twenty. <laughs> twenty. Okay. Thank you for being wow. very reasonable. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, Palkia. <laughs> You're at the playground. You're telling your friends, I just watched Prophecy of Doom. Here's why you need to watch it. You say... Because it teaches you how to not lie. Like, what could happen? 
if you lied. That's interesting. I would every when time, you're like when you're forty. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like, every every time I ask you this, you are, when I say what would you say to your friends to say, hey, you should you should watch this. I never think that you're going to tell me the moral of the story, and yet you always do. I think yes. that's awesome. If you were to try to convince your friends to watch this. Arceus, what would you say? If one of their parents, like their mom or their dad, was rich, always spend it good. <laughs> yes, spend <laughs> spend it good. That is a very spend good well. point. Next time when we record, we have our two episodes are going to be forgotten. Any guesses as to what that one's going to be about? Um, probably going to be the Clock King. Why would you say? Clock King is connected to something called Forgotten. Fear gas. Uh, Scarecrow. I said forgotten. I didn't say fear gas. Forgotten. <laughs> that, okay. that, that, that actually kind of sounds like Joker. Uh, what? That really kind of sounds like Joker. Some well, people forget Joker. Well, I don't know how they could, but we will figure that out next time. The other one is Mad as a Hatter. This is one of my favorite episodes because, as you probably would guess, it relates to Alice in Wonderland. Yes, and I believe it's Joker, basically. With the Mad Hatter? Wait, what? What? Um, really Joker mad is mad. He's literally mad. What? Wait, did you say the really Mad Hatter or it's the Mad Hatter? Mad as a Hatter is the name of the episode. Oh, there's like a... What's his name? Oh, yeah. Like tiny little... Guy? Mm-hmm. Maybe the penguin? Because... No, it's not the penguin. It's not someone we've met in the show yet. But Please. he is a little guy, and I cannot wait for you to see this episode, okay? So, until next time, what do you want to say? In dark, in dark, in dark, in dark, episode 10. You have been listening to Indoctrination. You can find us on Twitter at Indoctrination or email us at Indoctrination at gmail.com. Share your suggestions for the final sign-off, and you could be the listener for the week. You should be able to find all this information in all recent episodes at Indoctrination.com. I know the site is a bit of a mess, but we're working on it. Rate and review us if your podcatcher lets you. I hope you were nice to us. Many thanks to my children for going along with this and my spouse for encouraging it. I promise I'll get to the dishes soon. For Palkia and Arceus, I'm their dad. And to our listener out there, all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Okay, everyone stop being weird. Got it, got it, got it. Right, so... <coughs> dude, warn me when you're going to cough. Okay. And that is also very loud. Have fun, but stay focused. Go. I swear, this is going to be the end of the podcast.